Uh, it's Camille. Camille. Okay. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure. I, 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 yeah, I, I did that thing where you type it into uh, YouTube and say, how do you say? Yeah, I thought that would be a real cringe moment. But, um, well, uh, well, firstly, welcome to the show, Camilla. Um, so, Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. But a bye 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 bye. But a bye 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 bye. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? Oh, really good, actually. Really well. To be honest, I'm just excited about. But before I... before you before you get excited, there is going to be yeah. some excited listeners, but they'll want to know who we are if they are to, coming to this new. So introduce <laughs> yourself. Introduce so yourself. Fun. Hello, everybody. My name is David Hellard. I am a uh, I'm a runner, a lover. Uh, never a fighter. Uh, my name is uh, Jody Rainsford, and I am uh, Tom Dark's nemesis from the uh, Monkey Tennis podcast. But um, we we're aware that our guest today probably means we're going to have a, a slightly different demographic of people potentially listening in because uh, serious runners, Camille... possibly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So if you've um, if you've never listened to this before, um, it is a running podcast, but Literally. sometimes we forget that and uh, and go into massive massive yeah. uh, dark holes of uh, stupidity we so we've got so we've got Camille Heron on because we heard she was a big drinker and it turns out by pure <laughs> accident that she's quite good at running as well which I love that <laughs> <laughs> it's like the time we got that photographer on and it turned out to be a, a, an OCR uh, champion but it's genuinely true she, she'd won comrades and um and which in it's is, 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 is incredible but yeah, you know a, 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 someone wins comrades every year it was the fact that someone had mentioned she actually has drunk beer while she runs and so um, yeah like, that's, when, that's, when our, that's when our ears perked up we're like yep her, because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good runners out there and stuff but you, you know how do you how do you stand out from the crowd as soon as we hear someone is not just not just a drinker but also uh, sponsored by a brewery as well that puts yeah. you in, that puts you in hero status I mean, I don't know. I know people who drink a lot, and I don't know anyone sponsored by a brewery. I know people who drink a lot. I don't know that many people who sponsor a brewery, and I don't know that many people that can run a hundred miles under thirteen hours. <laughs> yeah, let alone while drinking. I'm hoping that she's sponsored by a brewery just based on her drinking. They don't even know she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's just such a booze hound. They're like, we've got to, we've got to sponsor this lady. She's just badass. <laughs> but it turns out, um, I mean, just go on her Wikipedia page. It's insane. Everything she's done, pretty much from um, from high school, is so impressive. And you know, as you'll find out, if you don't know who Camille is. Um, Definitely the fastest runner we've ever had on the podcast, um, but also her achievements in the last forty-eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blowing. 
but we um, we normally have a bit more chit chat before um, before the podcast. This um, before each episode. This one, because Camille had to shoot off um, for work and we, we're in the UK, she's in the States, it's not as long as our usual interviews. So we're hoping to get her back on very soon and to actually go into a lot more depth on the questions that people would ask us to um, throw to her about comrades, about training for 100 milers. Um, so we're not going to do too much chit chat today before this episode. We're going to get straight into it. Um, but before we unleash this, we've, we've already recorded this. We know how good this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we sound so happy. But um, anything else you'd like to add, Jamie, before we just get deep and dirty with Camille? Let's, let's bring on Camille. <laughs> we've, been, we've been wanting to get Camille on for, for so long, mainly because I, um, cause I'm doing Comrades next year. I thought, who yeah. better to grill about... Um, about her knowledge and her experience she, she won it in uh, in 2017 but since then i've done a bit of research and my god everything i hear about her is incredible she's sponsored by a uh, brewery she she drinks when she runs she's just this weekend broken the 100 mile world record welcome camille Whee! Whee! Yeah! you're like the perfect combination of everything why why haven't you been on the show sooner it's crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I, <laughs> I I think I heard about you guys. Maybe someone tagged me or something like last summer. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I like to run and drink beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, to be, two days on, I I think I'd still be in bed. Um, I've never done a hundred miler, but even <laughs> after fifty, I I could barely crawl, let alone let alone chat in an energetic way. How are you feeling? <laughs> I uh, I'm doing a little bit better today compared to yesterday, but yeah, I, I had a hard time getting out of bed yesterday. I mean, even even my arms hurt. So, because <laughs> so what was your time? Twelve thirty, something was, just mind blowing. Yeah, it was uh, twelve hours and forty two minutes. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that double your time, Jody? It, it is it half your time? It, it is. It is less than half my time. <laughs> that is incredible. Whoa! Yeah. What are you pacing for? Uh, I think it. Well, you guys go by kilometers. Um, I don't no, know. No, no, we're miles. No, Brits we're miles. Are miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're good. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I. I think we're it not was like... the French. Don't worry. No. <laughs> I think it was like seven thirty-eight per mile for a hundred miles. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What were you aiming for, though? Were you were you planning on on that type of speed, or did it just all come together? Uh, well, so the guy who holds the American record, uh, Zach Bitter, um, I ran a race with him. I ran a fifty-miler with him two years ago, and he was about twenty-one minutes faster than me for fifty miles. And so, because he has run um, about 11:40 for 100 miles, yeah. I figured I figured well, you know, if I was 21 minutes slower for 50 miles, maybe I would be double that for 100 miles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it, I mean maybe it sounded really crazy to everybody to aim for like 12:20, 12:30 pace, but um, but you know, I think I think women's ultra running, you know, maybe maybe we we just don't know what we're capable of and it's just a matter of time as somebody just trying to go for it 
And so I just basically went for it, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've read, it's, it, wasn't it something ludicrous, faster, like half an hour quicker than the previous record? Uh, hour, yeah, 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 it was over an hour. I ran an uh, hour. <laughs> <laughs> If you ask me, that sounds like the most stupid idea, trying to break that record by an hour. I mean, to try planning to do that, I'd have thought, no, there must be, there must be a reason. It's, 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 it's speed. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it might be kind of like women's marathoning in the 70s, you know, where women kept, like, pushing the, the, the world record down, you know. And so it was just a matter of time as somebody trying to do it. And so I just went for it, you know. <laughs> and, and was it the perfect day for you? Did everything go to plan? Or yeah, I mean, I <laughs> obviously I, I don't think I could complain too much about my. It was my first hundred mile finish, and you know, be able. <laughs> 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 I I mean I I didn't really you know I mean it was I didn't really know what to expect. Like I everybody was trying to tell me you know that gets really hard after like eighty miles and. Um, and so I kept, I kept expecting like some sort of bear to jump on my back and <laughs> <laughs> but I felt, I mean, you know, we, we just troubleshooted all day uh, with my husband crewing me and, um, I felt like it, it, you know, we, we did a pretty good job just getting, working through any issues I had during the race. So. Cause I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, but also you're in a really bad position now because it's like it's like taking up drinking and it's New Year's Eve 1999 <laughs> as your first night of drinking. <laughs> Wait, I mean, yeah, what, you what get, you, from you, here? you've written your bestseller, haven't you? You've written your bestseller <laughs> yeah. on the first attempt and that's it. There's no what, what else do you do? I think if yeah. you get if you get 12:35 next or 12:30, it's better. But my God! I mean, just as a first race, wowzers! I mean, what are you thinking? Were there areas you felt you could improve? And, and Imagine even asking learn? that. <laughs> <laughs> are there areas you thought you could improve? Could you could you've locked another hour off it, possibly? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because because it was on trail, um, I felt like it was definitely slower than if it had been on a road race. And so, um, I mean, I kind of anticipated that, that I might, you know, be, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 minutes off of a road race. And so um, I think I ran kind of what I expected for the trail race. But obviously, I mean, I, th I think there's things I could improve as far as my nutrition or um, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and obviously trying to maybe get on a trail or get on a road or track race to try to go faster. So because <laughs> that's actually one of the main questions we've had from people when we've yeah. groups is what was your nutrition strategy because 12 hours is it's not a whole day but it's it's long enough <laughs> stomach's gonna have issues potentially yeah um you know and I you know I kind of anticipated that going you know further than I ever had like I kind of had it in my head that I was going to constantly be having to listen to how I was feeling and, and to fix anything going wrong. And I think that the biggest thing that I dealt with was I started feeling hungry maybe about the middle of the afternoon. And so that was like, you know, that was probably about 50 to 60 miles into the race. 
And uh, my my sport drink that I uh, was drinking, it was kind of not agreeing with my stomach, mm. and so um, and so and it just felt like my energy was kind of like going up and down. And so I had my I yelled out at my husband to change to um, what's called Morton. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the drink that they took in the Breaking Two project, and so it's a really hi- concentrated hydrogel. It's like um, frog spawn, isn't it? I I don't know what it is, but it's like a really concentrated sugar, and so um, it's a it's a more it's a higher caloric energy drink, and so I, I yelled out my husband to change my sports drink to the Morton, and so I was probably getting like an extra twenty grams, uh, twenty grams of carbohydrates an hour on top of what I was taking in, and I tell you that was like rocket fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Because what was what was your base outside of that? Were you on? Was it all quite simple carbs? You know, gels, blocks, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was basically doing like two gels an hour. So I was taking in a gel every thirty minutes, and then I I was carrying two bottles. So I had one with water and one with sport drink, and so I was just sipping on my sport drink and then taking the gels with water. And so, um, you know, they changed the formula for my sport drink. Like, I've been taking the same sport drink for, like, 10 years, and I've really had no issues with it. And so they changed the formula recently, and, um, you know, I did – I didn't. It, it wasn't agreeing with me, basically, in the race. And so, yeah, changing to that Morton sport drink, you know, that they created for the marathoners, like, it, it made a huge, huge difference. Like, I was they, so they created. Happy. They created for this moment. They created it for you. Stop <laughs> the marathon runners. This, they didn't go sub two. That was useless. It was rubbish. It was for now. This is the moment. I know. I know. And the other – I mean, the – it's, it's so funny because, you know, I'm sponsored by Nike as well, you know, and here they created the Vaporfly for these marathoners. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and I wore it for my 100 miler and I, I'm, I'm, I think I might be the first, the first world record in the Vaporfly. <laughs> <laughs> they, did they, were they aware you were wearing them for a trail marathon? Yeah, I, I got to give credit to my uh, my contact at Nike, Pat, because he, he shipped a, a new pair of shoes to me on Thursday. And so I had only gone for like two runs in them. And uh, I, ended, I ended up wearing them for the race. And I mean, they were like, they were like magical. <laughs> they were pretty awesome. So. You see, this this is the trouble with wearing Vaporfly because, um, I mean, you, you ran a good time, but maybe you only <laughs> ran a 15 hour 20 uh, 100 miler but the vapor fly got you to 12 1242 you see that's the trouble no, no one knows how good they are and so you know how much was camille how much was the trainers but yeah, in, in essence mean, uh, oh sorry go ahead yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, everybody says, well, they're the, you know, the 4% shoe, but I think I improved the world record by like, I don't even know how much, like in over an hour. So they were, they were pretty awesome to say the least. Are we going to see that now on their literature? Um, improve, uh, imp- the, the improve your hundred mile time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, did you actually just have sugars the whole time then? It sounds just, just gels and drink. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, we mentioned I, I'm a beer connoisseur, 
So um, the race was kind of cold, and um, normally, like, I start craving a beer, like, you know, maybe towards the end of a, a, a hotter race. But it was pretty cold, and so I kind of waited until about 80 miles in until my, my husband gave me some uh, rogue dead guy L uh, to drink. So. <laughs> how, how strong is rogue dead? What is it? Rogue dead guy L? Yeah, rogue. Uh, R O. Yeah, rogue. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit of a rogue myself. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was like a it's like a six six point five percent alcohol beer, so it's oh, pretty <laughs> punchy. So, yeah, they're not going to know who's responsible for this this race. The, the, <laughs> the trainer company is battling out with the uh, the ale company. Uh, it, it was us. It was us. <laughs> yeah, in fact, your, your strategy for this race is a Venn diagram that has never <laughs> been created before. Like in the middle of, of that beer, these trainers are just just uh, carbs the whole way. It, yep. You sit yourself. So, so you actually have beer as part of your your race strategy normally. Absolutely, absolutely. I I think I think you got to treat yourself to you know the things that you like. Like I think that it's kind of something to look forward to when you run an ultra because I mean you're running all day and you get so you can get kind of bored with taking sugars all yeah. day and you. Yeah, and you feel like you just kind of need to break it up and, and have something a little different. So I, I really look forward to having a little bit of beer, but, you know, obviously try not to drink too much of it. Because is it, is it legal? Like, uh, do some races frown upon it? or? No, no. You know, everybody's asked me about that. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people have asked me about, oh, you know, does that dehydrate you? And you know, I I uh, was drug tested after the race, and um, and I they you know this this might be too much information, but they they have to <laughs> they have <laughs> they they have to test the specific gravity of my pee, and so if I was if I was overly dehydrated, um, you know, my specific gravity wouldn't be good, but my specific gravity's actually been pretty spot on. And when I, like, I was drug tested at Comrades as well, and my specific gravity was pretty good, and I, I had two beers at Comrades. So, so yeah, I, I don't think it dehydrates you as long as you're drinking enough water. And, um, I mean, it's all, it's definitely not a banned substance. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, why would you ban something? I mean, that would be like trying to ban, like, coffee or something. I don't know, you yeah, know? Exactly. Well, they, they did so. do it. They did a test after, um, after a race and they they gave people five pints of beer and an hour later they were at the exact <laughs> same hydration as when they started the oh, five pints of beer so in my oh, head that proves that beer doesn't dehydrate as long as you drink no. you know, in, in multiples of five uh, you'll be fine and, and also and also <laughs> the only race that does ban alcohol of course is iron man um which yeah. which is which is why all triathlons are evil yeah absolutely. <laughs> so how, how did you discover this as was it just a craving that you you uh, then went into race i've got to have it or did you did you run into a bar mid-race one time because you were like God, or... uh, yeah you know um it was about a year and a half ago i was running a trawl race and um i was running really really strong the whole way and i hit a point maybe about 50 miles into it of 100k and I just suddenly bonked, like, 
I literally, I hit the aid station and I literally slumped over and sat down in a chair and I just felt, I just felt nauseated. And, um, and so they're trying to give me all these things and nothing is working. And my husband and I had bought a six pack of rogue dead Gael, uh, to, to enjoy after the race. And, um, you know, my hu- my husband's Irish, and... Ah! Everything's explained. He's just constantly drinking on the side, just in case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he happened to be. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, the, so it popped in his head. He's like, he's like hey, do you want to have some beer? And, uh, and I literally perked up out of the chair and like, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. And, uh, and so he goes, he runs to the car and gets a beer and pops it open. And I, I just guzzled that thing. And it was incredible because I was like, it settled my stomach and I started having like mental clarity and, uh, it was amazing. And I, I felt so good that I was like, Hey, give me, give me another beer. And, uh, so I probably drank like another half a beer and then I, I felt like I could get going again. And, uh, I ended up, I ended up beating the course record by 27 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and fighting and, a bear, which is even more impressive. <laughs> if, if you think, um, if you think you were probably were swerving as well when you ran slightly, so, uh, <laughs> You ran I, even further. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's incredible. Like I, I actually like picked it up and caught like the a guy in front of me, and I just kept going. And I, uh, I realized that I had kind of reached my limit, though. I think I had like maybe two and a half beers total, and uh, I started to fill it by the end. And I think I, I think I can't have more than two beers in a race. So do you, what do you think it is? Do you think it's just the contrast in it and the, it, it almost rinses out your mouth with all that horrible sugar? Do you think it's yes. the fact that it... it, yeah. It, is it... Um, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, because alcohol, alcohol is a vasodilator. And I think, I think what had happened was I had hit an aid station where I, you know, took in a lot of like Coke and gels and that sort of thing. And I think all the mm-hmm. blood... I think all the blood went to my gut and, and then I, and then I had to get going again. I had to climb this hill and, um, it was like all the blood moved away from my head and went to my gut and I started getting dizzy and feeling nauseated and that sort of thing. And so because it's a vasodilator, I think it helped to increase the blood flow in my brain. So I had like more mental clarity and it helped to, you know, ease my stomach that I wasn't, what does, you know, feeling what good. What does vasodilator mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a science person. <laughs> oh, it's just a basic term. Dilates, oh. but... <laughs> but yeah, uh, vasodilator, it means it, it makes your blood vessels uh, expand. Ah, and, okay. Yeah, so it helps to increase your blood flow so that your blood flow is, you know, not just going to your gut. It's trying to move elsewhere in your body. So, See, this makes a lot of sense. If there's a, a, a listener to a podcast called Tom Dark who has recently gone into surgery for varicose veins. And it must be, that's because that's you've got massive veins. So it's, it's probably just a sign of alcoholism. I'd imagine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I, that's wow. exactly what I put it to. So, is is Rogue your um, your sponsor? Yeah. So, uh, so funny enough, like there was a picture of me chugging a beer after I ran this trail race, 
And so it went on social media. And then Rogue, uh, the brewery, they found out about it. And they were all excited that I had drank their beer in the race. <laughs> so we ended up, like, they were all excited to sponsor me. So, like, maybe, like, once a month we get, like, a shipment of, you know, new beer and, and goodies and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's been pretty fun. Are you taking them out with you on your long runs? Are they a track? Have you got your beer on the side for your, your sixth <laughs> interval? Hobby sets up the bar. Is that what it? Yeah, in fact, that's the thing because I I assume with the speeds you're running in these races that your transition time is is almost fluid. You're not actually stopping. <laughs> so have you got one of those beer hats where? With the straws and that's a question that a lot of people are asking. Do you how, how long do you stop for aid stations and stuff, or do you not stop at all? Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes my husband just like puts it in my water bottles, <laughs> so I just, I just like carry a bottle with some beer in it. But uh, this time, I just uh, for for the race this weekend, I I just felt like chugging it out of the bottle, so I stopped. I, I can chug beer pretty fast, so I, I stopped and chugged it pretty quick and then got going again. But what about what about bar snacks? That's the other thing. What about bar <laughs> Surely <laughs> some salted peanuts, uh, uh, some pretzels, something like that as well to you know. Oh, uh, you know, I haven't done that in a race, but I, I mean last night when we finally got home from our trip, like I had a I had a can of peanuts and, and, and beer and I mean, I drank like two beers and then like passed out. So, <laughs> so, so if if we're because I mean we we love to drink, we love to run as do badders. If we're going to try this out, what would you? How would you recommend we we introduce this into our racing? <laughs> Oh, you know, well, I, I guess, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm really lucky because I, I got my husband crewing me when I run these races. And so, um, so yeah, he just has like a six pack ready. And, um, and I probably, I probably wait until like maybe three quarters of the way into the race um, before I might have like half a beer or a whole beer. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, you want to know your own limits and not, you know, chug a six pack of beer or more, you know, like, so. You've got to find, you've yeah, got to find the balance, haven't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. So is sure. it, do you, do you find, so you, you made the transition from, from road to trail. So do you, mm-hmm. do you find like trail, I think you could get away with this more on trail, can't you? Than on, yeah. than on road races. It's like more, more goes on on the trail. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, obviously, because with, with road racing, it's kind of more like you're chasing the clock and you're chasing time and stuff. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, I went and raced in France a couple weeks ago. And I mean, it was like technical terrain. Yeah. And, and my, my husband had, you know, beer ready. But obviously, like, you don't want to do something that's going to compromise your own safety. And so, um, so I was I, I ended up uh I ended up not having too good of a race because I, I like flew off a ledge and um, had a bit of a concussion or something. But uh, but anyways, yeah, I think with trial racing, like obviously you don't you don't want to drink too much beer. But I mean, I think it can definitely help you with nausea and, um, you know, just helping to kind of perk you up or something. So <laughs> so, so come come comrades then. Um, yeah, because I I'm going to be there. Claire, my missus is going to be there. You, you're, you're back awesome. racing again. There's going to yeah. be enough of us. We should demand a beer table. <laughs> <laughs> we should. 
<laughs> we need we, right rogue or whoever a south african brewery in, in fact there's some massive ones it's sab castle i think uh, uh, uh yeah now part of Inbev. they're south african and so there must be someone who's prepared there's, to put on a beer there's, there's loads of colesberg breweries all over africa you could get special brew uh, especially yeah. especially for you yeah but <laughs> Do you, yeah. You'd probably still turn down a Carlsberg, wouldn't you, after even <laughs> a special <laughs> break? Like, oh, I'd rather lose. I couldn't than, feel anything uh, for the last ten miles. Yeah, <laughs> I but I got into a fight. <laughs> well, every, I, I mean, I, I'm a smiley person, but I probably have a, a really, a really big smile after I have a couple of beers in a race. So why? Because because yeah. you, Jenny. JD alludes to the fact that you changed from Roadrunner to Trey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which which to me is I, I I completely understand that as a as an, a runner who's not particularly accomplished because the the prizes for Roadrunner so the, the but, but but for someone of your your standard um I, I was quite surprised because I thought Roadrunner really is where the, the sponsorship is it's where the money is it's where the focus is but why did you ch- uh, decide to switch yeah, you know, when I when I got into ultra running, like I had it in my mind that I wanted to go for all the world records. And I really I had no idea. I like knew nothing about the sport because it almost feels like it's its own like underground sport. Like like it's really it's really kind of this like different subset, you know, compared to road racing. And so I went into it like thinking, "Oh, I was just going to be an ultra road racer." But uh, here in America, like, trail running is kind of the more popular thing to do. And so everybody started telling me, hey, Camille, you need to, like, go, you know, try to make, try to qualify for Western states. And so, yeah, 2016 was kind of my experimental year of trying to get into trail running. And, um, and I, had some, I had some really tough goes um, as far as injuries and um, just, like, life changes and that sort of thing. And so, so yeah, I've kind of spent the past year and a half, like, doing the trail thing. But then, you know, I wanted to get back into road racing, too, and, and try to go back to Comrades. And um, and so, yeah, I've just gotten back into the road racing this year. And uh, I, I would say, you know, I've probably had more success as an ultra road racer. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's fun to be able to, like, do both and, like, you know, to, to push your own limits and, you know, run different types of courses and see what's possible. So, so for me, I mean, it's just fun. Like, it's just fun being able to have that versatility. So, But do, do, so do, you, do you feel that you can be at the top end of both then at the same time? <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it's that, that's a really good question. Like I've had people ask me, you know, like how I've changed my training and to be able to do both. And, um, you know, I, I've always done like a little bit of trail running, um, on top of all the road training that I do. And, um, I think for me, it was just a matter of getting comfortable with pushing myself over technical terrain. And, and then obviously, um, you know, comrades has, you know, alternates being up or down. And so being able to climb really well or being able to descend really well, I mean, I think that really carries over to the trail racing, too, and um, being able to condition your legs to, to climb and descend well. And so I think that they both help each other. Um, you know, I, I've gotten really comfortable with, like, a lot of technical, a lot of vertical climbing and descending. And so when I ran, when I ran Comrades this year, 
I remember feeling like a little bit intimidated that we were going to be climbing for so long. But at the same time, I've done all these trail races that have these long climbs. And so I felt I felt like I was able to wrap my head around it a little bit uh, easier than, um, you know, if I was just exclusively a road racer. So because in my head, trail and this might not be right, but um, trail ultras are massively more hilly. (laughs) <laughs> is is that true or oh, yeah. have I, am I so, so do you think the biggest difference is the actual climbing and the descent or is it the technicality of the trails yeah I think I you know I the the thing I've learned this year is uh I feel like because I I've done I I seem to excel really well if a trail race is dry but mm. when it starts to rain I am so light on my feet that I literally don't plant my feet when I run. And so I end up slipping really, really bad. And so I'm, I'm literally like Bambi on ice. Are you still wearing <laughs> your, your vapor fly? Is that why you're wearing your road racing flats? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Nike, uh, I'm really, really, really happy. Uh, I've, I've loved Nike's trail shoes. And um, they've been really awesome for me on um, the courses are dry. But I, ha- I have such a unique running stride. And obviously, the way I run is probably why I'm able to run ultras like I do because I'm so light. I'm so light on my feet that I'm, I'm not generating a lot of force. Mm. And so I feel like I can just keep going and going. But I, the problem I found uh, with the trails is that I'm so light that my feet don't stick. And so, so I, you know, I've got to, we've got to figure out how to troubleshoot to get me to stick when it gets wet. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and have you, yeah. did you live in a place where it is easy to actually find trails with huge ascent and descent or have you had to specifically hunt them out yeah so i i probably live in like one of the flattest places in america (laughs) and and everybody's like well how did i i just won you know the comrades uphill course and Mm. they're like well how did you do that when i don't i don't live up in the mountains and so we had to drive 90 minutes to go to get to our nearest mountain which is called mount scott and so like leaving up to comrades every two weeks i would we were driving down to mount scott and i would do this climb up the mountain and then um descend back down the mountain and then i would do like mile repeats uh up and down it so so yeah so that was pretty much how i got in my hill training but then we we also lived by a lake that mm. has uh, trails that has trails like on the north side of it, and so like once or twice a week I go to those trails and they're really really technical with like tree roots and rocks mm. and that sort of thing. So I mean I'll, I'll like once or twice a week I'll hit those trails and I I will like try to run as hard as I can through those trails and you know get used to that footwork of you know jumping over things and that sort of thing so one of the questions one of the questions that um, people ask is what what does your sort of your normal training regime look like how do you do you you know with it with this sort of the volume of races you're doing how do you uh how do you train without you know getting fatigued or 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 sort of falling off the front of the wagon in terms of nutrition or anything Yeah, yeah. And so this this is a pretty interesting statistic, but I I've averaged over 100 miles per week for 11 years. Oh, <laughs> there it is. 
And Jenny started running last year. Yeah. Incredible. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I throw that in right at the end. There we go. Yeah. 100 miles a week. For, uh, how long? Over 10 years. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've averaged over 100 miles a week for, ten, for a, actually 11 years this month. Uh, yeah, so I, rankings on earth <laughs> because think, just, I'm trying to think of anyone on earth who would have I, I don't even know if Mo Farah or if you know, Heidi Selassie would be no. running that, that distance for that long I don't think so. I, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, but you know, I, everybody's like, well, how do you do that? And, and, you know, really it's, I just like to run. I just get out there and I, I go run twice a day and I, I just like to run. Like to me, to me, running is like, you know, brushing your teeth twice a day. Like I just kind of do it without really thinking about it. And it's just kind of like part of my routine. So, we talked to yeah. Matt, but it, Fitzgerald, Matt Fitzgerald um, last week about uh, intensity. So, what sort of what sort of intensity are you running? Do, are you splitting it between? Um, uh, are you doing high into any high intensity or medium intensity stuff, or is that all all low intensity? How 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 does that sort of what's the split of that in terms of on the normal? Week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So my husband my husband coaches me, and um and you know coming from a marathon background. We've really just stuck to marathon training that, you know, has been kind of my bread and butter for over 10 years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I saw I saw Elliot Kipchoge's training there a couple weeks ago. Mm. And, you know, he has, like, very structured type of training, you know. But it's really simple. Like, you know, he does, like, you know, maybe two hard workouts a week and, mm. you know, has this long run and, you know, so I feel like I feel like I've really just stuck to, you know, structured marathon training where I'm like, um, I probably I would say we work on like a, a two week, a two week uh, schedule of um, I do I do like short intervals, long intervals and um, a hard a hard uh, heart rate progression run. And then I do this hill workout that trains me for these ultra these ultra trail type races um, so, you know, in between like those hard workouts I do, I pro I just have like two to three easy recovery days where I'm just going at like an eight plus minute mile pace where, you know, it's a nice recovery pace. Um, and then, you know, I really, I just run twice a day every day. And, um, if I feel tired, then, you know, I might only run once a day or I might, I might sometimes I take a day off if I feel really, really tired. Um, but you know, I think it. I think training is just as simple as you want to make it, and I don't. I don't think that there's anything too crazy about what I do, other than the fact that I like to run and I run a lot of miles. So, uh, but how would yeah. you mention, for example, the the? Because I think actually, as runners, we what is simple to us is simple because <laughs> we've trained. Well, I mean, you've trained since you were a child, and so actually. Yeah. It's it's like learning French if you don't speak French. It's similar. What what is obvious to to us is is mind blowing for others. But so for example, your, <laughs> your, heart, your heart rate progression run. Yeah. What, how long would that be, and where would you start? What kind of intensity, and and how would you build up, and and what kind of intensity would you finish on? 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I know that a lot of ultra runners do like these really, really long, long training runs. Mm. And I I don't like to do that. Like I, I probably won't go more than like maybe 22 to 24 miles in a, a long run. And then I, I might like maybe in like a, you know, one race buildup, I might do like one 30 miler that's like you know just go out and run for 30 miles or whatever but otherwise like i don't really believe in doing like extremely long training runs i feel like it gets to a point where you know if you're going more than you know 25 miles that you might as well just go run a marathon you know um but but yeah as far as like what my progression runs are like like i i I run by time and so I'll go for like, you know, a two and a half hour long run and then I'll pick it up. I wear my heart rate monitor and I'll pick it up like the last 30 minutes to an hour of the, the long run. I'll pick it up to about 80 to 90 percent of max heart rate. And um, so, yeah, so as far and, as and what ha- would that be in intensity? Is that marathon pace? Is that, oh, you know, yeah. 30 mile pace, half marathon pace? Yeah, yeah. So, so eighty percent, eighty percent max heart rate is the effort that I would go at for a fifty mile to a hundred k race distance. And so, I start at that pace, and then as I progress up to you know eighty five to ninety percent heart rate, that's about what your marathon effort is. And so, you know, I get really comfortable with running in this range, you know, this 80 to 90% range. And so when I have to go, it might be hard to wrap your head around how do I go run, you know, 62 miles, you know, a race when I've only done, you know, 30 minutes to an hour at that effort. But I I mean, it's kind of, you know, you just get in the zone when you race and you just, it's amazing kind of how your body can transcend, you know, what you've done. So... Well, so if you're if you're doing an hour at marathon pace at the end of what is almost a half marathon distance, I mean that is yeah. that's a hard training session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know I like looking at Eli Kipchoge's training, and and I mean he does a lot of similar type of training like that. You know where he starts out easy and then picks mm-hmm. it up, and um and so so yeah, it's. It's pretty incredible, you know, like, um, my, my, I definitely do take my long run seriously, but you know, at the same time, I, I pretty much alternate every other week. I might do this like really long, hard training run, but then I also like to go for just easy long runs where I'm just kind of getting out there and I'm, I'm not taking in any fuel and I might just be drinking water. Um, and, you know, so I, I definitely have some like long training runs where I'm just out there enjoying the day and, and you know, just enjoying, you know, just running. <laughs> so. And, and do you try and do you back to back your long runs? Uh, well, the medium runs, the, the 22 milers, are you doing that Saturday and Sunday? No, no, that's a great, great point. Um, I know a lot of ultra runners do back to back long runs. And I've, I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I run twice a day every day. And so like, I, I basically break it up on the weekends where um, I'm running twice on a Saturday and twice on a Sunday. And mm-hmm. so I'll probably, I'll probably be getting in, you know, for two days, I'll be getting in like 40 to 50 miles and um, mm-hmm. for those two days. But, um, but you know, I just, 
I when I when in the past when I tried to do like a lot of long training runs, I felt like it just took out the the the, the zip in my legs. Like mm-hmm. I just I felt like my, my it started to like it was hard to recover from and I I um I just couldn't bounce back, you know, to be able to for a speed session, you know. I, it just felt like it took the zip out of my legs. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I feel like I feel like if I keep the training runs shorter, that it helps me to recover better, and then um, and then just keep my volume high for a long time. <laughs> Obviously, like mm. I I've gone eleven years of like hitting really high volume, and I think that that's really helped to make my legs strong and and to mm. be able to recover quick. So, and and are you would you say that say you're building up to comrades, or you're building up to the hundred miler? Is your hundred mile average um is it weighted towards near the end or does it tend to be fairly similar throughout but you're changing the focus week to week um i think i think that i i keep my volume up pretty high um you know that was one thing i noticed about elliot kipchoge was um you know he he runs pretty consistently high mileage and there's not too much variation in you know his uh mileage per week and i i'm i'm very much the same way like i only i only i listen to my body and i really just cut back only if i start to feel tired and i feel like i need to cut back but there's not there's not too much we don't like plan to have a down week like we pretty much Mm. like keep my mileage high and then you know leading up to a race I might start to taper down like, you know, the two to three days leading up to the race. Mm. But other otherwise, you know, my body feels really, really good as long as I keep training consistently and I don't like deviate too much uh, within my training. So so how, how do you peak then? Is, is that part of your your, your planning or your, you, you don't peak? You just constantly at this level that you can race at any time? <laughs> Yeah, um, as far as like peaking within a year, I mean, I think I think you could have like three to four peaks in a year, and um, and then you know I've I've learned to I've learned to be more gentle with my body in t- in terms of recovering after a race, and um and so I might take like I might take off a couple days after a major race, you know, like mm. comrades. Um, but you know, it kind of just depends on what your next goals are too. And you know how much time you can take off before you need to get back into it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming from a background of where I used to run back to back to back marathons where I got, my body got used to be able to recover quickly. And mm. so, uh, so, so I, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm really comfortable with, you know, and uh, knowing what my body feels and, and just being able to push my own limits and being able to recover quick, quickly. And, um, and then, you know, obviously if you get, I, I, I've had some bad luck this year with injuries. And so I've had to rest more uh, than I otherwise would. Um, and so I, I think you've really just got to listen to your body and um, throughout the year and, you know, you hope, you hope that you can meet your goals, you know, if you have two or three or four major goals for the year. Or so, um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta be kind to your body and you, if, if you crave a beer, <laughs> if you crave a beer, you want to eat bacon or eat cheeseburgers. I mean, I, I feel like I, I've got to keep my engine grease to keep myself running. <laughs> You've earned, yeah, you earned, you've earned it. God, 
<laughs> but I love, I love the fact as well, like, you've got to be kind to your body, averaging 100 miles a week for 10 years. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else would necessarily agree with your kindness. <laughs> your body's going, I, no. I, yeah, I don't, think I, I don't think I would be able to do what I do if I, if I wasn't, you know, a happy a happy person and so I feel like you know being able to like you know maybe have some whiskey with coke like once a week or yeah. or, or, or have a beer have a beer every day you know I'm, I'm really fortunate that my husband's an Irishman and and he's a he's a pretty easygoing happy guy himself and so like you know just having that support system and having him uh he does all the cooking as well and so uh so we eat a lot of meat and potatoes and uh you know I make making sure I'm like you know, I I don't think I I don't think I would be happy if I was just like you know eating like some sort of strict diet. Yeah, you know, I feel exactly. like <laughs> we've been doing it wrong, David. We've we've gone to that diet first, and now we realise we're doing like hundred mile weeks to justify it. We were perfect fifteen years ago before we started running. We had it all right. Exactly. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, I'm aware yeah. that you. You've got to potentially shoot off now. Um, <laughs> so I, if, how how are we for time? Are you, have you got to shoot off? Uh, we've got so much left on my list to talk about. So if you're happy to, I'd love to do another um, Skype at some point. Sure, sure, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, it's it's pretty crazy right now uh, since I just ran my race. But yeah, you know, as as time goes on here, I'll probably recover a bit and uh we should definitely hook up again so yeah, we need to we need to get her <laughs> some of that rogue as well they 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 are they are that is a forward-looking brewery we could do more yeah. of those in the uk definitely oh man yeah, do, you, do you guys yeah do you guys have rogue l over there i don't know not heard I'm, of it i'm gonna i'm gonna look for it because there's a lot of people there's a yeah. lot of um, importors who, who have stuff so I'll, I'll i'll have a look for it and uh we, oh it's so good I mean, it's i'm so drinking good. something called naughty neighbor at the moment <laughs> of course yeah. you have of course it's you an american have. it's american beer i got in the world champs in canada so um uh, i brought quite cool. a bit back it's nice but nice. It's, it's no rogue it's no rogue that's no for sure rogue. <laughs> well thank you so much for, for yeah. coming on yeah it's an um, absolute pleasure fun. oh my god and just amazing congratulations on thank that you so thank incredible. you it was awesome <laughs> it was fun mind-blowing yeah um but cool it's fun talking to y'all and i i feel like uh you guys are a bunch of bad boys and i'm, I'm a bad girl <laughs> you are you're definitely oh you're definitely you're like the patron saint of us now yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly you have yeah, been elevated absolutely. to that so much more badass <laughs> about you're a little bit too good at running that's the, that's the only problem <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and we should uh, oh, speak to you soon fun. thanks camille yeah amazing. all right yeah thanks guys okay bye. have bye. a good good day Bye. 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 Oh my God, that was uh, amazing. Uh, you know, it's it was it was like when I was younger and I'd be on expensive phone lines, looking at the clock, thinking I'm going to have to hang up soon. It's going on. Why have you just made that comparison? <laughs> because I I knew she had to go at half past. I was looking at the clock, go down, going, no, there's so many things I need to ask. I want to ask. Like everything she's saying is. Oh, what I love, don't go, what I don't love go. Is she just left it a little bit long to just drop in. Oh yeah, and by the way, here's an interesting fact: I, I've run over a hundred miles a week for the past eleven years. Whoa, oh, mic drop. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. 
I think she's just your one face, running. Your face, you just went. <laughs> 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 and and uh, if you, if you're, for the listeners at home, we, we normally see each other when we podcast, but Jodie's one's broken at the moment and Camille didn't have a camera on. So I, I, and when you're not watching someone on the screen, you forget that they're seeing all your <laughs> You forget that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is. Because she will have been injured at times. Yeah. So you got to yeah. take that out. And she, well, I mean, I love, <laughs> I love the fact she was saying, you've got to be good to your body. She has a three-day taper, and then she might take two days off after a race. <laughs> that is her being good to her body. I did, I did Edinburgh two weeks ago. That was 34 miles. I couldn't run for a week. <laughs> She has two days off. Um, after she didn't mention this, after the hundred miler, she had a nine-hour drive home. Well, she wasn't driving, though, was she? Uh, of course, she was. Her husband's <laughs> drunkard. <laughs> I love the way. I love the way. Oh, it, 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 it was so. It's like, no, you know, and my husband did this year, and he drink, you know, drinking and stuff like. That. We're sort of going. And he goes, oh, he's Irish, and he just goes, ah. <laughs> uh, so she's like, yeah. She's essentially going, yeah, and he enables me. He enables me. It's he is okay. an enabler. <laughs> That's all I could figure that the the only way that she he can be happy with the amount he drinks is by forcing her to drink on her races. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's incredible. Um but the uh, thing is, it's, there, oh, there, was, there was so much in that. I was there was so much in uh, there that I absolutely love. What like for a start, I absolutely love her. I mean like yeah. how 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 she can be that incredibly happy, um which you know, in the face of of someone like me as well um it's <laughs> it's quite it's quite incredible but um to uh to to sort of maintain that um that level of of, of intensity i mean that's that's incredible like the, the 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 speed that she's running and the fact that she's not even <sighs> slowing down her first her first hundred miler because hundred hundred k is her distance, isn't it? Hundred k is her. Uh, is, it, it, I think that's the longest that she did um, before that. And yeah. um, and again, this is this is different, isn't it? Because you know, trail means very different, different, very different thing. It doesn't wait. Well, it doesn't mean very different things, but it will uh, technically mean very different things. Like if you did a trail in France, like she was saying, it would be very technical because yeah. that's or, or or in Germany and something like that. Whereas it, I think the US trails are, are slightly different. Um, but, uh, but but yeah. But even in, in times of your, it, I'd, I'd say even for a fifty a fifty k, it was it's fifty miles there, especially. Yeah. Even even at those distances, running trail, the difference between road and trail there, and how tired you are, and and having to concentrate, the difference between that and doing a hundred miler and having to run trail in the last thirty miles, it's it's such a difference. Yeah, I there's um, yeah. It's it's interesting about the food situation as well. Um, yeah, I was surprised by that. No protein. No, but I, I don't understand. Well, you you're obsessed with bloody protein. <laughs> you, call, you you keep talking about protein. I don't I don't know anyone that eats protein on a hundred miler. Honestly, I thought everyone ate pepperamis on hundred milers. Is, is this is I know least you ever. Is this right? I don't know. <laughs> See, you've been trying to feed you again. I'm I I'm not sure. I can't. Well, I'm trying I, to think. It, I, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens at the front of the pack, to be honest. But the, I was um, sure complex carbs at least. I thought because she, she's sponsored by Cliff as well, so I, sh- I thought she'd be eating Cliff bars and 
and actually having something a little bit more um well, a little more, more complex than just gels 12 was it 12, what was her time 1236 did you say 1230 yeah so that's 25 gels 25 gels I just, I can't that's believe. more I than can't, a box i can't believe you yeah, but that's understand. That's normal. That's normal on a on a hundred. The amount. That, that's the thing. What she was saying about having a beer or having having proper food on something that distance. It's so true because after a while, eating um, uh, uh, sugary uh, shit all the time and uh, you know processed stuff. Uh, after a while, you just it gets you just get sick of it. I remember when I did I did my first hundred miler. I think I had like seventeen bottles of of um of different types of sports drink because you're going to say beer then. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a hundred mile. You got wasn't. a ten mile jog. You just got to say lost. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was a half marathon. I had seventeen bottles of beer, <laughs> and it turned out to be a hundred miler. No, um, you know, just putting all that sugar in your mouth, it, it tastes horrible. So, uh, you know, and, and there was that there's that whole movement, isn't there, of people who who do try to eat like you know Scott Jurek and all that, trying to eat as much um, like natural food as possible. But of course, that all depends on what what you're served at aid stations. It's really all right. So this is really interesting. Why do you call why do you call aid stations transitions? Is that purely an OCR thing? Oh, good. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but why do they I... call them transitions in OCR? Oh, the okay, it well, makes sense. It's, it makes it's because sense you in triath- change kit. That's it, why you change but, kit. But it makes sense in in triathlon because you're transitioning yeah. from one thing to another. But in OCR, does it all all really mean like I'm putting some neoprene on? Well, thing is, transitions in OCR don't really happen. They only happen if you're doing um, horrifically long races, like winter nuts or um, maybe world's toughest mudder. Things where you're going out for hours and hours and hours. And so, actually, you would change your kit depending on um, as the as it gets cold, as it's sunny, it's raining, things like that, or just trying to keep things warm. Um, but that's probably similar to ultras, I'd have thought. Yeah, but they don't, call it, but they don't call it transition. I just think it's it's a uh, a way of getting away of being able to sit on your ass for half an hour in the warm <laughs> by going. It's a transition. It's yeah. I'm transitioning. No, you're sat at an aid station for half an hour in the warm. No, I just yeah, I just I, I just wonder that because you, you you use that term all the time, and I, it just only occurred to me the other day when someone was talking about smoke bombing a transition at uh, an Ironman. Um, and, well, I was just thinking about the Who use of the term. Name and well, it was me. Name. Actually, I suggested it. Someone said they had a smoke grenade, and I said, "Well, the, they said where's the best place to use it?" And I said, um, "The swim to run transition of an Ironman." No, yeah, no, no. I think the bike, because then no one could find their bike. Yeah, Everyone's no, could, going out on the wrong bike. Yeah, so that that'd would be, be the swim. That'd be swim to bike, wouldn't it? Oh, the swim to bike. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, but um, but I, I always, it's just, I find it's interesting when you speak to really top runners um how much you can actually apply of what they do because she's she's clearly so accustomed to running 100 miles now yeah. that i mean the fact that she it doesn't she doesn't sound seem like she really um trains to peak at all she's just constantly in her peak yeah, and yeah yeah that's it and weren't you saying that about um uh Kipchaki. yeah that's it because that that it, that it brought that back what you were saying like how he he's just always always in his peak. 
yeah um, he never ups his miles that much it's always at most 120 but 100 to 120 it's well it was only a, a six-week snapshot we had of his but yeah. given that the last three weeks where typically if you're training for marathon most people would do like 18 miles, 12 miles race on their long runs. So that, yeah, it, yeah. it throws that out the window. And that was really interesting what she was saying about the long run, that no run really went over, you know, sort of 20, 20 miles, that sometimes yeah. you push it up to 30 or something. But that that's, that is really interesting, really interesting. And the, I mean, I've not done many ultras, but my thinking has always been that for Matt Sabra, for example, I was running 30 miles, 28 miles. Yeah, absolutely. At a weekend. Uh, but I think that, yeah, a lot of that had to do with um, the fact Maybe that... Maybe it's the recovery. Ma- the ma- yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, so that's a multi-day, isn't it? So yeah. um, you, you ha- your body has to rec- learn to recover in a, in a different way. So the, the back-to-backs make more sense if you're training for a multi-day um, yeah. race rather than training for, for speed on, a, on a, um, a single stage race. But it's... I mean... Because what we didn't mention is she's winning these races. She's not winning as a female. She's <laughs> what, winning. What was the other thing we were saying? Like, we go, we're going from road running, road racing to um, to ultras, and you were saying, well, you know, it's about winning, you know, getting the 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 um, records and um, getting the places and stuff. But I take it that prize money is a bit better for ultras in the US. <laughs> Probably is actually yeah. I, I was thinking about the North Downs. Probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Britain's comments about winning some cheese, a cheese, or or a head torch, or or a deck chair, <laughs> a deck chair with a picture of a poodle on it, or something like that. Some other dreadful prize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that that's that's fair enough actually. In the states, I mean, things like Western states and things are. So they so have got they've profile. got like they've got like some proper powerhouse trials, and it makes makes me realise that actually I I know very very little um, about um, some of the uh, some of these American trails and everything um, that uh, and some of these sort of like big races, and I, I just wonder whether actually it'd be worth focusing on some of them, um, you know, finding out a little yeah, bit more because I think there's I a think lot so. because the idea of running and it not raining over yeah. a huge amount of distance again appeals to me greatly the idea of running and having to worry about being burnt i mean that just wouldn't happen in the uk would it well no it does in reading Getting if stuck. you run through reading then there's arsonists all over the place there's <laughs> errant children um but yeah or, or attacked by a bear yeah but i mean that that keeps you keeps you moving doesn't it um, i mean if you run through soho it's potentially likely um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in a different way so um but yeah it's i mean the thing is we we have to get her back on um i'm, I'm gonna see if we can line up for next week and just do a back to back keep getting because... her, I can have her on every week she's your new co-host yeah <laughs> the thing is there's so many questions that we need to ask her and there's so much in her in what she's achieved and what she's done to go into um yeah. and yeah, just just phenomenal, phenomenal. But um, so, but anyway, it's okay. So, right, so this 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 is the interesting question of everything. So we didn't go too much into into comrades, um, but mm. from from everything that she said um, about her training and stuff like that, is any of that um, something that you're going to go? Ah, I'm going to do that a little bit differently, or I'm going to try that based on what on what you because you know in the past few weeks, I mean, mm. we've had some great guests on, but in the past few weeks, like the um the practicality and the mm. usefulness of the advice 
can be like directly applied to a lot of the a lot of the training both of us are doing at the moment so uh is there anything that you know in what she was saying there that you are going to apply to your training before before comrades or just generally i mean if if i do an ultra that is significantly long i would have a beer now because i would love beer and I, you know, and I'd love a beer the whole way through the but race. You're but... saying like we need to do better to do it. That that's basically what Lou Fraser does. Lou Fraser stands at the like the 80 <laughs> mile mark of a hundred miler with with, yeah. with a can of Brewdog for you. That is a, yeah. that's a thing. And now you can see why. Yeah, hell yeah. But the I think the main thing actually that I've been coming around to this way of thinking anyway is almost creating your own normality of of mileage. Yeah. And I, I, this year in particular, since I've since I've come back, because I you know started off the year well three months of not running at all, and since then suddenly now um, I probably do like fifty miles in a week now. To me, isn't isn't a big week? That's uh, I'd, I'd actually look at that and think, oh, I haven't run much this week. Um, like sixty seventy now because I'm used to training session and just running to them and running from them and and it yeah talking to her and hearing about Kipchoge it, it does seem to make sense that your body is I think injuries come not from high mileage injuries come from pushing too much harder than your body's used to and so if you can it sounds like it makes sense to just just keep on edging up and getting your body used to a consistent high mileage um and then if you're doing you know 100 miles a week as she is you don't need to temp taper if you're running it every week because your body's not that tired <laughs> doesn't this like go it's against, just doing what it does all the time it, i mean the interesting thing isn't it that like so many things in the last uh i would say like 10 years um mm. accepted rules and practice about how to I a junk to, miles yeah things like that have, have just totally transformed there's certain fundamentals that haven't changed or, mm. or they've or they've been adapted very slightly but then there's certain things um, and ways of training that are just the advice is completely different or people are questioning it or the people are coming out who are running in ways which are almost totally um uh, contra to it yeah but I, I think actually you know having having made that previous statement it's it, it's because um the eighty twenty rule, I think that that should always apply. You know, you've you've as she does, you've got a few intense runs a week, um, but actually the rest of it is is recovery. And the fact that she, if you break her down, uh, her running down, let's say she has one day off a week, she says she's running twice a day. So actually, in terms of the number of runs, you're looking at uh, what eight eight and a half miles per run. That's uh, so. Yeah. Eight, so, so uh, right, and I've done the maths completely wrong. So you're doing, tw- you're looking at twelve and a half miles per day. Yeah. So, so actually, it's not very. It's not that. No, I've got the maths completely wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. So it's it's eight miles a run. Yeah, you're looking at about kind of eight and a bit miles um, per run. Yeah. And so if you think how quick she is, she's doing that twice a day. So she's running fifty minutes. In the morning, fifty minutes in the evening. Yeah, and that isn't when when you think of it like that. Fifty minute run, fifty minute run. It's not huge running mileage. And how and people people say how do you fit that into your week? How do you fit that into your day um, with a job? But actually, 
if you can if you can do that as a commute great but even if not 50 minutes if running's a priority you can always do that and, the and if that you're she's... and if you're running at that speed 50 minutes is yeah i mean it's exactly <laughs> substantial yeah. mileage yeah but but also you know we, I, it's what I did for MDS. It's, it's what I do a lot. Actually, less so now, but just running to work, running back for work. It does mean that you're in constant recovery. And as she said, even her weekends, she's doing the 40, 50 miles that we do when we're building up to the ultras. But she's she's doing it in four bits. So she's getting recovery. She's she's never stressing her body out. She's never running out of glycogen stores because she can run at 12 miles and come back and still have energy in her legs and and that's got to make a huge difference she's never going to go up and you know have her, her lactic acids never going to be a huge amount um and so she's she's never stressing her body yeah 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 it's incredible yeah really interesting um so well that's the thing as as, as the listener at home while i think copying camille is uh, is it's probably not advisable unless you're in very high mileage already. Yeah, you can definitely take away the fact that split your runs up, split your days up. You don't need to be going out and doing these monstrously long runs back to back unnecessarily um, if you're doing single day races because it's about the total miles and ensuring that you're 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 covering well. Yeah, absolutely. But um, outside of that, we haven't done a kind of hello, how are you um, at the beginning of the show. So how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've just come back from uh, the uh, the big UTDB event of the weekend, the uh, second annual Ooh. Brewdog Marathon. How was it? It was really, really good. It was really, it's always really good. And like, uh, you know, all credit to uh, Dan Barrett for his organisational skills on this one. But uh, yeah, good turnout. Uh, good. Dif- the, difficult but, though. But, difficult when it's a down year though. Because oh, all it? of the pubs are concentrated at the start. Oh, okay. So um, it's actually hard running at the end. So, so, so the listeners who, who aren't aware of UTDB, uh, what, what is the format? So the, the format is, um, well, UTDB events are basically any of the, um, any of the uh, uh, do-badder, um, which is the name of um, people who are listeners of Bad Boy Running. Um, but um, yeah, it's the, it's the events that are put on, of which there are several, one of which is the Brewdog Marathon, which is going to, wait, marathon in inverted commas, it's only 20 miles. Um, <laughs> they, the intention was they were going to open two Brewdogs, so it would turn it into a marathon, but they haven't opened them up, so it's not, marathon, it's not a marathon distance, but it's still called a marathon. Um, and that's basically running from um, uh, Clapham Brewdog up to Shoreditch Brewdog via the other Brewdogs, or on a down year from Shoreditch to Clapham, so that's one of them. Then there's the other ones like the Kebabthon um the um 0.0 round the world race um yeah and various other things like that but yeah this this weekend was were the... records broken were re- you know records collapse um well i think re- records well a new record was set by the um smallest perce- the highest percentage using an uber on part of the uh, course Ooh, <laughs> i think only two what... people only two people ended up completing it completely on foot <laughs> wow and um and how far did they Uber? Um, I don't know what. How, I, I don't know. There was a lot of people. So a lot of people um, came along for the first couple of things. Other people were going on to do pub crawls later. Um, so uh, they they were they were pacing themselves, literally pacing themselves. Um, but yeah, when those those the two last ones where this uh, five miles and then six miles between them. That's a 
that's a punchy little stretch uh, when you when you've had a few beers uh, when you when you've had a few thirteen point seven percent beers uh, beforehand. Actually, I was in Brewdog on Saturday. There's a beer in there now that was what eighteen percent. Was that the Tokyo? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we had that. <laughs> How was it? It was. It was. It was very nice. Um, it, it, it was quite chewy. As you'd expect. Was it actually drinkable at all? It was all right. It was all right. It was just like a nice, yeah, really dark, really alcoholic um, uh, thing. But yeah, yeah. So we told we told David Harvey if it's his first um, event, he has to have the highest alcohol on every menu. <laughs> oh, and it's all brew dogs, so <laughs> yeah. it's all eighteen percent beers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my! Did he survive? Oh yeah, he survived. He survived absolutely fine. I think. I don't know. People said they were hammered. I don't know whether they're hammered or not. They all look perfectly fine. <laughs> you never know, do you? You never know. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But there's been, um, God, there's been lots happening in the world of running these last few weeks as well. In top, in, on top of Camille um, breaking the world record by absolute miles. Controversy, controversy. There's been a um, the Soweto Marathon banned 50 people for using headphones what yeah 50 people for using headphones yeah people were listening to music but did they during say the that, did they say that you weren't allowed to at the start of it well I, I, the the what is this what is this park to... run i didn't realize that any marathon had as many rules as uh, as a as a park run well so apparently under international iaaf rules you're not allowed to use headphones um, and I know those are rules, but the, in reality, people use headphones at pretty much every yeah. marathon in the world. And um, and I would be well, I'd I'd happily put up a fight if they did try and ban music. I don't often use them in marathons, um, but well, do you know what? why shouldn't you people? I, I like I like someone finally finally playing by the rules. It makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think. Finally, finally, in the face of in the face of everything, someone's finally actually enforcing the rules. Well, I think as long as they tell people they're going to enforce that rule beforehand, but I'd imagine they probably hadn't if 50, 50 people were banned. Because, yeah, follow the IAAF rules if it's the consequences affect the top end of the IAAF's um, races and championships and records and qualifiers, but. Um, I'm assuming they didn't drug test everyone who raced and do out of season drug testing for everyone that raced as well. And, you know, so it, it just, to me, just strikes of, um, well, officialdom. And actually, imagine if you're one of those 50 and you've put on your music for your last three miles because you're walking because you've hit the wall. How and do they, you're... How do, how, have they taken photographs of people? What have they done? Have they, what's the name of the guy? Is he responsible for part of this? Oh, is the uh, the man who can't be named? Um, no, he. No, 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 not they, the man who can't be named. No, no. Um, what's it called? Mar- Marathon cheat hunter. Oh, the uh, our friend Derek in the Derek, states. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't, in fact, that's a, new, that, that's a new Netflix series, Cheat Hunter. Yeah, cheat. Well, they had cheaters. Every every episode is like House, and he has to go on some sort of detective <laughs> detective thing to go. He somehow run it in in record time, but we can't work out who. And then they spend all this time with this like CSI type thing of looking at CCTV cameras and comparing it with stuff. 
Oh, he'd, he'd find out at the end that the guy, the guy wasn't actually deaf. He was listening to music with a wireless earpiece, and therefore he <laughs> yeah. should be banned after all because he was caught dancing at a wedding yeah. without them on. And you're like, ah, a technicality. Close the case. Close the case. <laughs> That's another one, Derek. You got it, Derek. Derek, <laughs> got it, Derek, Derek. always gets his man. Always gets yeah. his cheat. And it would it would probably be of as, as high a standard as if uh, as if you were watching in a kind of American religious uh, trying to be cool program, but but on a do- on a budget. Have uh, you ever seen um, Bible Man? Be that kind oh of standard. Oh my god, standard. Bible Man's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want but, to, Who wouldn't want to turn to God if it was a Bible Man? Exactly. But can you imagine if you if you'd done that race and you hadn't really been given prior warning, um, and you've done what? Well, this is your one marathon you've been building up for months. You put it on because you're walking. You're at the back of the pack. There's no one coming through. And, yeah, you get disqualified. I just think it's... Rules are for there for a reason. But um, you should you should just use your common sense. And, uh Go on, marathon organisers. Use your common sense. Use your common sense. Don't I've be been a... talking about talking about cheating. Did I read somewhere that there's been um, a lot more fresh allegations over Russian doping from our from our uh, favourite uh, Russian doper? I, I, I fill me in. I'm, not, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a possibility now. now um, I, I think it's um, uh, is it Rodchenko? Um, our, you know, if you've seen the film Icarus the uh, Netflix documentary Icarus, um, then um, uh, Grigory Rodchenko was uh, in charge of um, Russian... <laughs> was he in charge of Russian anti-doping? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was. I think he was. He was and he was also responsible for doping. Um, the entire... It's like being Scarface in, in, in charge of <laughs> your, your anti-drugs gang. <laughs> So yeah, so he was in charge, in charge of the Russian um, doping um, uh, scandal, allegedly, and um, but yeah, and so he had to go into hiding, and he's in witness protection now. And uh, it's you know interesting that two of um, uh, close colleagues of his have died in mysterious circumstances. Really? Absolutely. And uh, I only found that out through reading this uh, this thing as well. But he has he has released more information that has been um, uh, is being verified um, as to the extent of it. And so there's a possibility that the you know the International Olympic Committee is going to have to um, ban Russia from uh, the Pyongyang uh, Winter Olympics. Oh, and, and what I mean, what what kind of allegations were they? Were they were, were there actually what, what details, new details came out? I don't know. I think it was just a new set of, a new set of, um, uh, things that have been given over, um, through, through questioning. And, uh, and, but they, it, it's all about independently verifying, isn't it? As part of the investigation. Um, and I think it's the verification of those new claims that is the relatively new thing that's happened. So, See, I'm going to go back through previous race results and just see, you know, have I been beaten by a Russian? That's go through, almost, go through that, almost sounds like a game show. Have I been beaten by a Russian? <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, could honest, podiumed, I, um, I could have podiumed at, at Edinburgh Ultra. Was there a Russian in front of me? Can I prove that in some way they had a, a percentage DNA of Russian within them in order to claim that they've, they've, they've done something bad? Do you, think it, do you think at the Moscow Marathon next year, you're just going to turn up and there's going to be one dude at the start line? One guy from uh, from Ukraine who says, "Is the only one allowed to run?" Because they're—I mean, this is gonna 
imagine how how long it's going to take after the the next Olympics when they because so the World Champs this year yeah. they did all of the, the the medal ceremonies for people that should have got medals that were denied them even if they were just upgraded one color um, by Russians and so if if this drops that they it, it might be that they have to disqualify every single Russian over huge time periods um i mean ah oh, it's going to be incredible to see that and just uh wow yeah i mean have they have they said is that the extent of it it is just the next winter olympics or are they talking well no it's it, wait right so basically this is it it said the schmidt commission led by another swiss lawyer samuel schmidt is understood to have spent more than an hour on the phone with Ochenko last month but the former Ma- moscow lab director sent them a separate affidavit with details of what he says was state-sponsored doping um, and basically it was a detailed report of um, the doping program and the athletes that were involved and he's saying that Rachenko has consistently said the Russian doping conspiracy was funded and organised by the office of the then sports minister Vitaly Mutko which mm. and, and, this is, deputy, and this is and this is a difficult bit now the deputy prime minister of Russia <laughs> WADA accept this version of events announced on Friday that a new set of Moscow lab data from 2012 to 2015 recently le- leaked by a new whistleblower corroborates <gasps> the view Russia ran a state-supported doping scheme. This new intelligence who's the, serves... new, who's the new whistleblower? Well, of course they're not going to say it, are they? Is it Derek? Is it, <laughs> is it Derek? <laughs> it's come out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so this has corroborated things that he's already, um, already talked about, but... Um, that's wow. interesting, isn't it? That's interesting that that's, uh, that's come about. We're talking about... Gee, how have we got onto this subject? I don't, how have we... How have, I, I always try and make everything come back to him because I want as many people to watch that documentary as possible. Yeah, it is. In fact, we need to find out. We need to find the guy who was... We, we need to find <laughs> him. We need to break do... witness protection and find him and try and interview him. We should do that. Right, if anyone, what? if any listener can do a really good or even a really bad... Um, Russian impression, but is prepared to try and keep that impression up for an hour-long interview. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. No, how are they going to? How are they going to say it's not him? Well, what happens if like the Russians get wind of it and they go, "Oh, it might have been some clever bluff." So, like a double bluff, and so this guy, you know, this this person who's going to you know volunteer to pretend to be this Russian is going to end up being at the. Uh, they get bumped off. Get mid-interview. bumped off. Yeah, <laughs> mid interview. <laughs> Well, oh, this this makes me think. So this week, because I was thinking, they maybe bit into they they try and hackers or they try and bring down the internet. Yes. But did did you hear what happened to me this week? Uh, oh yeah, you got hacked on Twitter. Your Twitter feed was glorious. For the thing is, <laughs> but the interesting thing is, I looked at your Twitter feed and I was like, I can't tell where the hacking starts <laughs> and your normal Twitter feed ends. <laughs> Because there's that says something about your Twitter feed when you can't tell it's been hacked. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. So um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I woke up to have a, a missed call from a, a very odd number. And you know, I used to work in executive search, so I I, I used to dial um, you know, headhunt people from around the world. So I'm I'm fairly good at recognising international dialing codes, and. This one from I can't remember the name. It's um, it's this small chain of islands in the Pacific. So I immediately, obviously, realised that this I do not know anyone from here. I've never even heard of this place. Um, and at that stage, that's when I get a message from Jody and from Dan, just saying, "Is is everything all right with your Twitter feed?" 
Um, it's all a little bit weird. Um, so, oh, yeah, it's Kira, Kiribati is the place um, in the Pacific Ocean that I have this call from. So go onto my Twitter. And the first picture is a, a picture of some boobs. Um, the second one is a picture of some ladies just sat um, and it, with the statement, ooh, sexy. And the third one... <laughs> The third one is then a picture of, uh, of my girlfriend, Claire. Um, is there a picture of Robbie Williams? She, uh, well, she's, she's, <laughs> she's, she's holding up a picture of um, Justin Bieber wearing an Arsenal shirt, holding up a beetroot um, as if it's a trophy. So, um, that was... <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> Did you not tell it was that, JD? Oh, Robin, Will- or oh, Robbie Williams is there. <laughs> and um, and that was we. So I've, I, it turns out he's got my phone, um, and I don't even know how he's got that. And that gift, um, I we dated for about two months at Christmas, and so by Christmas, so I I created this Photoshop because she loves Jazz, Justin Bieber, she loves Beetroot, and I hate Beetroot, and she loves Arsenal, and I hate Arsenal. So I, I photoshopped this uh, picture together for her. So she's opening this present, present for Christmas. So I think this is weird because um, I recognise two out of those three photos. I'm not going to say which two. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what? So Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is the one that is that that other one actually yours then? <laughs> well, this is the trouble because the um, the photo that was used um, is is not is not a very flattering picture of of a woman, and I was worried that people would think it it, it might be Claire's uh, Claire featured in this photo, which uh, not at all. It well, when I've been, un- when I've been sharing it around the internet, I've said it's Claire. <laughs> so, <laughs> is it is it not? Do you correct me? Well, no, no, it's not at all. Um, it's a, it's it's a lady from North Wales. Um, so it's an actual, it's not an ex-girlfriend of yours, is it? No, no, it's not. It's a, it, it's someone I, uh, it's someone who I messaged through Tinder for a while. Oh say. my um, god! <laughs> so I made famous, changed. made fa- as seen on David Hellard's Twitter feed. Oh, she's going to be able to add that to a Tinder profile. Yeah, oh God, shock sorry, sorry, someone on Tinder had that picture? Not as their Tinder picture. No, this was... Um, <laughs> this was sorry, so she sent that to you privately as, yeah. a, as a way of enticing you to North Wales. Yeah, absolutely. I was in North Wales at the time, actually, but um, we were, I won't go into further details because, in fact, there's no way that anyone will be able to track her down who she is, thankfully. Um, but, so I then changed my Twitter password, um, thinking... Oh, this is really weird. And what did you change Maybe it to? Um, I I changed it to one, two, three, four, five this time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd make it a longer password, harder to break. They used to they used to do this thing, didn't they, where they wouldn't allow you to have a really simple password, and then I think they just gave up, just going, "If you're that much of a moron, yeah, oh, yeah you deserve to get hacked." <laughs> Yeah, a password or one, two, three, four, or whatever it may be. But, um, and so I thought, oh, maybe a weird bot has done this thing and couldn't figure out what the, how these photos came about. It was, it was early morning anyway. Then on my Facebook post, my, my, one of my most recent ones, it then said, I have your phone, um, Nokia, um, I post photos. So I see this and think, oh, 
this is really not good, is Wasn't it? Wasn't it I have um, your phone? So it turns out a phone that I had about two years ago, um, he's got that phone. Did you not delete everything on it? I think so, but actually with phones. In fact, yeah, definitely would have done. But the thing is, the, tr- the trouble is with technology nowadays, with phones, with all computers. No, you don't really if, delete it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if yeah. you, and, and even if you then, um, if you've got a full computer, you clear your disk, you reformat it, and then actually you, you completely fill up your disk again. It's still possible to yes. retrieve information. So um, yeah, yeah, um, that's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. It's still, there's still, there's still a way of retrieving it. It's... But I think I gave this phone to a charity shop. That's the awful thing. Um, <laughs> Which charity? <laughs> uh, it was, was just the one in Finsbury Park. I, I, I've no idea. It's some weird kind of pet charity. Not, not, um, not Battersea Dog Tone, but just it's just a weird charity shop on Blackstock Road um, and so I then think oh crap he has got he's now got my phone which I would have finished using about two months into my relationship with Claire yeah um, but it meant it's it's got two years worth of my photos and videos um, <laughs> oh he's holding it back have you been blackmailed well yeah 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 so this so the guy then messages and he's like, I have your photos of uh, Claire. Um, and, I, and so he's, it turns out he's then messaged Claire as well because <laughs> it, it's pretty easy to figure out who Claire is from my Facebook account. Um, he, you know, he could figure out my name. He, he clearly could just log into my Twitter because I haven't changed my Twitter password in, in two years. Um, and or even, yeah, and so... Oh man, um, so I wasn't really sure what to do, and but then I realised actually, Claire thankfully has never sent me any any Rudies because I've always been with her. You know, from from pretty much the week we met, we've been in a relationship, um, so she's never had to. Thank God. But there's a lot of material on my phone that doesn't show the head, so he then thinks he's hit this gold mine of material. Um, so what's yeah, sorry, he, sorry whoa, 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 wait a minute so you're saying that you have a lot of material on your phone of headless nude women i had on my old phone from my single days <laughs> my god this is because people would send me stuff so oh my god there is a scandal in this somehow are you, uh, are you exposing all this before you hit before you well, hit, hit you know, uh, uh, celebrity status. You just go, if I got it all out before I become <laughs> famous, before I really I, hit I, the big time, it's okay. We're not going to have a Lewis CK situation. Well, the, the thing is, I, the, the oh, yeah, um, thankfully this was two, two years ago. So um, everything's in the past now. And, but I phoned the police and said, you know, what do I do? And they were no help whatsoever. They just said, um, don't respond to them, block them wherever you can. And they just wanted to know about the Twitter hack because that was breaking the law and everything else. They were like, well, yes, something you do. So we've blocked him, um, both of us. Yeah. And we're just hoping he goes away. But there, yeah, the, the worry is if something comes out, there's no way that people aren't going to know who it is in the phone. But the you know, who, who is, it is. If there was, a, if only there was a way of him being able to easily track 
you um, then <laughs> talking about this situation. Well, the trouble is that by everything about my unless my this is a double so... moment, unless this is a double bluff, unless it is Claire, and you're putting this out in the hope that he's going <laughs> to find it and go, oh, I haven't got anything. It's not really Claire. Publish it. Publish well, it. Like... Publish it. Publish it. <laughs> That's what we need you to do. Yeah, so I'm hoping he's just going to move on. But, oh, Matt, I mean, it's it's quite stressful, really. Oh, I can imagine thinking. it's quite stressful. I love That's it. Been... How do you know it's not me? How do you know? <laughs> imagine can... that. Maybe it's Claire. <laughs> oh, it's a weird, a weird catfish situation where <laughs> yeah. she, she's going to have an argument about it that she will have uh, instigated. But I'm so easy to find on the internet. Um, just... What, everything just I do headle- is headless and naked, or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, I don't think there's any shots of me on when there say, at all. Wait, like... When we say headless and naked, I'm just assuming it's a picture of someone with the head just cut out of the shot, not literally a headless corpse lying in a ditch <laughs> that you've taken photos of. No, thankfully, thankfully, it's not got to that stage. But um, yeah, so what a week it's been. That has well, that's an exciting. That's a much more exciting week than I've had. Um, you know, literally, uh, but um, but yeah, but the other the other the other news as well, and um, uh, yeah, this is this is a good one to round it off with as well. Um, yeah. Is that um, uh, the the Tom Dark situation and um, and the uh, sub four challenge? So I'm um, I'm taking my training up to uh, to uh, a, a serious level now. I've and I I've worked out this week. Um, the distance I have to go, how far I have to go. So I always um, put myself as the fittest I ever was, was um, just before um, MDS. The fittest I've I've ever been is just before the MDS. And I had, uh, and so I'm making a comparison to how I was, and that was, I ran that seven years ago. So that's pretty much much eight years ago, that is then, um, the the fittest I was. So I'm trying to get back to that situation. And what that actually means is I need to lose... Um, uh, one stone, thirteen pounds. <laughs> what? Well, but no, no, that sounds bad. But think, but think, think. That's that's. I sounds... love the fact you're not just saying two stone. You're 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 saying one thirteen pounds. It's about. <laughs> I thought well, no, actually, it sounds more impressive if I say two. It sounds more impressive. Like I need to lose two and a half stone. <laughs> two and a half stone. And because um, I was thinking, I, I was, I'm thinking quite exactly if I, I actually want to go below the weight I was at MDS. Yeah. Um, okay. And um, my, my, I, t- I tested my resting heart rate. My resting heart rate is 65. My, when I was uh, training at MDS, it was down to 40. Um, Whoa. Really? 40? 40, yeah. And I, um, yeah. And so I, I just think how far I've got to go. But the thing is, that, that's good news because that means I've got a long, long way. I've got, I've got I, to, losing two stone is going to make yeah. a massive difference. To... And so for, for the listeners at home, um, Jody's in a, a challenge with Tom from the, the podcast Monkey Tennis that they both have to try and break sub four, but also get a faster time than the other in the marathon, spring marathon in, uh, in April. But so when you were at your MDS peak, what time do you think you could have run a marathon? In? So remember, when I was at my MDS peak, I did run a marathon, and that's where my okay. best marathon time came from. But I walked the second half, and I did the first half in um, one forty-five. 
And and why did you walk? Because you were ruined. My knee, my knee, my knee, my knee gave up, Uh, and so I walked the rest of it. But that was my best marathon time ever, Um, and so and that was a trail as well. Yeah. So, uh, but then Tom has he ran his first marathon two years ago at uh, London, and that was four oh eight. So I you know (sighs) I I think it could be quite quite close really. So if he needs he he hasn't got weight to lose. He is. He is in. Uh, he just needs to train. Whereas well, I, he's, he suggested as well that you should put on, as part of the marathon training plans anyway, a few half marathons, ten k races, head to heads, just to give us a, a glimpse into the relative positionings. That's quite a good idea. That's quite a good idea. But we're not going to do that because that's what he build, wants. That's what it's he almost wants. like like two two boxes. You you want to wait. You want to build up to the final fight. You don't want to. You don't want to meet each other too early. No, absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, and uh, because what happens? The problem is, what happens uh, if uh, if I am quicker than him um, on a on a half marathon? What happens? It motivates him, and we don't want that. We don't want that at all. That's what, true. The best part of this, or, or it, you do it and you turn up, and you you're just awful. You underplay it. You run slow, really slow. So he gets complacent. Yeah, it's difficult to know. It's difficult to know how to play, Tom. Um, the other thing that I absolutely love about this is that it turns out that none of his monkey te- tennis colleagues know about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the, for the listeners at home who, who haven't heard of this challenge yet, um, Monkey Tennis Rival Podcast, we've put down a bet that um, – if whoever wins gets to sponsor the other podcast for an episode so they can have a nice jingle they record at the beginning they're mentioned on it explicitly what's happened all things like that but tom is only one of four co-hosts of monkey tennis so um oh he's that confident yeah yeah they they found out um uh, like last weekend and uh, not from tom of course oh they actually found out yeah they, they know now how did they? How did they discover? Um, well, Ali Bailey was having a conversation with them about it because um, she knows <laughs> them, and it, it turns out they didn't know. And and to be and to be honest, they're not very so. So they could have gone one of two ways, okay? So they could have gone the way of like, oh, um, you know, Tom, that that's not a good thing for Tom to do. You know, how dare he? Thing like that. Or they could have got nasty, and they got a bit nasty and disparaging about this podcast. About oh, did they? They did. What's in it for us? Well, that's it. And I was like, well, you know, you can either have people who listen for originality or you can have Steve Coogan fans. Um, It's, you know, but I like that. It's it's extra motivation. So is the bet still on then? Well, I don't think he can honour the bet. I don't oh, think he's he in can. a position to honour it. I think he's gone ultra virus. He just has to edit it. One, I mean, no one listens to him podcast. He just has to edit it himself one time. Just slip it in. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah but um but yeah it's, um, I, it's, tom darkey tell us it's Let um, us know. it's yeah exactly tom you need to you need to know can, can you can you make this happen tom do you have the are you do we need to speak to the owner do we need to speak to the man in charge is that is that what we have to do but yeah it's good because it is properly motivating me so i'm um i'm, I'm following my program so i'm i'm following a uh, a program to get me ready to go on to the marathon training program which starts um, first week of December. Boom! Perfect. So yeah, so my 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 plan is to try and uh, try and lose weight and get 
to his standard as quickly as possible. And um, and before we uh, before we go, because I'm looking forward to see how this progresses. Actually, I think it's going to become quite a theme of the next six months. If you're thinking of doing a, a spring marathon yourself, oh yeah, then, follow this. Um, follow this. Don't yeah. don't side with Tom because Tom's already been kicked out of the Facebook group. But um, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll probably put together a, a training plan for Jody and uh, publish it online for Do Badders. So if you're looking to follow a marathon training plan, we'll put that together and you'll then be able to just um, hear how everyone else is progressing as well. So we can share that journey with you. But uh, before we go, I wanted to, last week, we did mention how we hadn't heard from Real Buzz in a while. Have we got oh, okay. time for this? Should we do this in another one? We're going to save Real Buzz. We'll save Real week. Buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you don't know Real Buzz, it's it's basically the greatest, the, worst, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest running publication um, of all. If if it was a running publication, it um, would be voted number one at the running awards. It would be. It would be. Who are now partnering with Parkrun? Interestingly enough. Oh, are they really? <laughs> Absolutely. So, but, there's um, a, so there's no winners. There's no winners at the uh, at the running awards. <laughs> we finally got an excuse for not winning. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just finishers <laughs> well um if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast um well thank you for listening firstly but there's quite a few other brilliant podcasts out there episodes out there if you're really looking to find out advice on uh training the one that's come out um in fact it might even be coming out in the future or last week or the week before um with matt uh, what's matt's surname again matt fitzgerald Matt and we've got um, a couple with uh, Sean Conway. Sean Conway as well. Um, really good one that is coming up or has just come out about uh, some epic. He's run, he's done, he's swam around the UK. He's run across the UK. He's cycled across the UK. He's cycled across the world. Um, and actually, he's just a funny guy. If you want to get, uh, to find more about ultramarathons, we speak to Robbie Britain, who is a British 100-mile team, um, about cheating, but also about training. He wasn't cheating. He was talking about others cheating. Um, and Deacon is probably the most famous person, ultra runner out there. That episode is really good. So look through those and have a listen. If, um, if you're intrigued by the kind of chat we have um, outside of the actual interviews, we are Do Badders. The A to Z of Do Battery is uh, it will bring you up to speed on all the in jokes, on all the the, the lexiconography, should we say, of, of Do Battery. Or start from the beginning and actually join us on our journey from being incredibly disorganised and um, with Ter- horrific... terrible, horrific sound. Um, no, no, <laughs> no real idea what we're going to talk about in each episode, yeah. and move all the way through to when oh. We interview uh, people and we have that on the side as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Do email us letters at badboyrunning.com. Uh, yeah, join, join the, the Facebook group. In the, yeah, join the conversation in the Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in Bad Boy Running Podcast and apply okay. to join that and ask her three questions to the best of your ability with your Absolutely. funniest I- hat on. And Camille, Camille's actually, she's been a member of that for uh, the last eight months. She was a do-badder before we, before she? she won Comrades. Was she? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Incredible. So, um, so get involved. Um, send us your ideas for people to interview. Any comments, any feedback on what we've talked about to say, uh, throw it into the group and we'll talk about it next week. So uh, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 B
the bye 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 I must admit I was a clown To be messing around But that doesn't 